day. So every day we start fresh because we can't affect the past, but we damn sure can make a difference today. Welcome to episode 87 of Shop Talk. It's Jennifer. I'm Carrie. And we're back to recap the penultimate episodes of The Rookie and The Rookie Feds, so 521 and 121, uh, which happens to be another crossover, more so storyline-wise. So um, and the LAPD and FBI teamed up to stop a serial murderer. We saw Laura Stenson, who was kidnapped by the killer. Uh, and we also saw Lucy Chen go undercover again, which was amazing. So we do have some news to start off with, though. Um, do you want to take us through the first... Sure. Um, still don't have anything about the rookie feds being renewed, um, but we did get to see like four fifths of the rookie feds celebrity family feud team because uh, Britt's husband Paul posted it to his Instagram. So we saw Britt, Kevin, James, and Felix. So at least we know a little bit more about who's competing for them. And obviously, like mm-hmm. they wouldn't not have Nisi. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, at least I would think. I don't know. Didn't we see, well, there's five for the rookie team, so they've got to have a fifth. But didn't we see Nisi in, like, one of the other behind-the-scenes images that he, like, shared? Britt's husband shared? Um, I don't We know. saw, like, the back of her, I guess, right? Yeah. So, I mean, okay. I'm just assuming it would be her. Yeah. Um, DGE Press also posted promo photos for the Rookie Season 5 finale and Fed Season 1 finale. Um, we get Worry Chenford separately in the Rookie promo picks, but based on the promo, it doesn't look like they're going to be that affected, but, like, also, no. who knows? Um, yeah. not affected by the case, like, as in, in peril, I should say. Um, and then it looks like the feds are going to Vegas for an op. So that'll be fun. We started the season, like the new season of the rookie and feds with Chenford going to Vegas. And now we're going to end it with the feds going to Vegas. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. Um, and then the promos for next week. I mean, that rookie promo was literally insane. Um, I don't want to think about Aaron or Selena, anything else happening to them. I've already went there. I might've had a mini spiral last night. So that's fun. Um, but yeah, so those look intense. I can't believe that we're already at finale time, but also I can, and I'm excited. So that's fun. Mm -hmm. But do you want to take us through the last bit of news? Um, well, Eric and Rosalind, as always, they released a new episode of their podcast. He said, Adiho. Um, they brought uh, Kira Barnes and John Gabriel Rodriguez from Rosalind's show, Fantasy Island, on. So that's kind of fun. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, lots of people, like, from other shows that we've seen, including Davika from yeah. Beds, have been on the been on season two of Fantasy Island uh, yeah. this year. So it's pretty cool. I listened to their episode yesterday um, and it was really cool hearing them talk about like their audition process for Fantasy Island, some of the things that they've done like in the industry. Um, mm-hmm. One of them was the sneak peek for the episode and Rosalind was like, anyone who's an actor or who wants to become an actor, don't do that. And it was basically where she just like walked into the room, started like saying her lines and then just like stopped midway and was like, you know what? I'm out. Like, I don't want to do this <laughs> And I was like, my jaw dropped while I was listening to that. But it was definitely I mean, like, cool to like hear all that. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then Eric was like, you know, this the rookie is like my longest running show. Like I haven't had many <laughs> things that have went past like one or two seasons. So that was mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. So I think like I want to say like witches only got two seasons mm-hmm. on Lifetime. So. Yeah, that's what he was saying. I think he said besides for the rookie, that was like his longest running. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go check it out. Um, it's really I at least I find it interesting to hear like more of the background of like the acting like industry as a whole. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But with that, we'll just jump right into the episodes because there was a lot. Like, I don't know. I watched both of these episodes live. I know that you couldn't, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought they were pretty great episodes, but mm-hmm. it might be biased. So start yeah, us off with the rookie. Um, yeah, so for 521 of the rookies, uh going under was the title. Um, we're gonna start with obviously we can't have that title and not start with with Lucy Chen being undercover. Mm-hmm. Um so we see, well, her operation technically begins with a briefing in the roll call room with Tim and Gray and everyone else um, because they're discussing, you know, their main uh, suspect who is Frank Tesca. And he was in last episode. So, um, and they're focusing in on him since uh, Metro raided the last chemical plant that he's like, that Frank's uh, crew was using uh, illegal amounts of this polymer Um Frank doesn't have a supplier anymore to make the 3D printed ghost guns, which also ghost guns were in this season already before with when Angela was doing it, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. And so since he doesn't have the supplies to make the ghost guns right now, it's where Lucy comes in uh, and her undercover alias of jamie hall will be working at um the chemical company as a salesperson uh and we see a montage of sorts i never know what else to call it like it's not really a montage because it's not like they have you know lovey-dovey music or something it's like happy things but like a compilation i don't know yeah (laughs) um I loved how they did it, though, for sure. Yeah, no, it was good. Um, And it's over the course of, well, the first four days with Lucy's operation of basically getting Frank to kind of take the bait, more or less. Um, And day one, I thought was absolutely hysterical because she meets Larry, who's her new boss. And but he like he knows about her undercover operation with the LAPD and is almost too eager to help yeah. i mean i was a little i don't know like suspicious or skeptical i was thinking oh okay she's probably gonna get made because he's gonna blab yeah <laughs> um you know but i mean i think i think lucy proved throughout this whole entire episode though that she really can handle people and so like when she yes. kind of told him like hey, this needs to be the last time you mention the LAPD. Please and thank you. You know, like she was still nice about yeah. it, but I think she was able to really just, you know, rein people in uh, in this episode, including including Larry. Because um, even when Tim brings it up 
on the phone. She's like, I can handle it. It's good. You know, I got yeah. it. And we also got the Chenford phone calls in this montage. Um, and on the first day, Lucy had asked, you know, if, if he's okay with this and he is. And um, he like implies that she thinks that he misses her she's like and he jokes he's like no i'm good basically (laughs) she's like oh okay you're a jerk um so that was kind of fun to like see them Mm -hmm. joke around with each other a little bit and keep it light um and they promise each other they won't watch top chef which i don't know why i just find it about as random as balen watching the bachelorette (laughs) Or The Bachelor, or whatever it was. Oh my god, I forgot about that. I remember now. Um, I find Chenford watching Top Chef to be about as random as that. Um, to me, like, I don't know where they come up with these. But I would um, love to see them watching Top Chef. Because, as we all know, Tim doesn't... Like, Tim's a picky eater, so... But I guess he would like know. the competition aspect of it. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, a lot of food shows nowadays are yeah. competition-based, maybe. Lucy would probably yeah, be like, oh my they... god, that looks so good. And Tim's like, there's no way that we're <laughs> making that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could see that, I guess, yeah. Um, And so, you know, they promise not to watch uh, Top Chef while she's away, and... um she asks if he will check on Tamara and he says of course he'll check in on her uh, and yeah so the voiceovers were cool to have it was different like something different uh-huh. that they added in the episode Um, and I like how they put I don't know like I never know how they do this in like post-production how they like faded the days to like yeah. go in to the yeah. actual scene and fade out if that makes any cool. sense at all, I'm a terrible explainer of how they did that, but it was cool. That was cool for sure. Um, and so after the you know the day four in all capital letters comes up, we see uh Lucy, well, as Jamie is walking from her car to the building, and um Frank gets out of his car and approaches her, saying that he knows she's not Jamie Hall. And for a second, since it yay cuts the commercial like Mm -hmm. that's great um i was thinking like oh no she's been made that's not good because that's what i I thought too because i stayed off of twitter miraculously for the most (laughs) part um at least until like the end of the episode i kind of spoiled that for myself a little bit but um for this part i was like okay so i really did think oh shoot like but then i was like wait a minute this is like 10 minutes or 11 minutes in I was like there's no Mm -hmm. way like hold the phone um but anyway so Lucy has not been made um Frank says like oh you're actually Lisa Thompson and that's her a a different undercover alias that she used um and you know her alias of Lisa is wanted for cashing bad checks and Frank uses that to get her um to you know walk and talk with him and lucy acts as though she can't have any part of this you know of his operation but frank kind of holds the you know warrant for her arrest out over her head and gets her to work with him since she's at this southland chemicals plant so she can steal a few barrels of you know of product at a time and no one's really going to know any different and um she kind of begrudgingly goes along with it and 
Um, you know, he says that they all meet for dinner and they'll discuss discuss things then. And I don't know how. Because, see, I thought Tim was wearing a completely different outfit in the yeah. car, like, when he was, like, sitting in the lot or whatever, versus the one that he got out with. And then I kind of realized, well, we didn't actually see the whole outfit when he's sitting in the car, obviously. Yeah. So I was like, how do you get a hat and sunglasses? I was like, where did those come from? I mean, if it makes you feel better, at first I didn't think that was him. I was like, that's someone from, like, Metro or something, like, watching. I I assumed it was. I guess they didn't really show his face all that well. I just assumed. But then, like, after they did, like, show him a little bit more. Because I was, like, hesitating on tweeting it. And I'm like, I don't want to say that that's him. Oh, okay. Because I don't know if that is. But then it turned out being him. And I was like, thank goodness. But, yeah. Okay, I was like, I was like, is that him? Like, I couldn't tell again because the clothes, I was like, I thought he was wearing like a different jacket or something, but yeah. yeah. I just assumed because when they like, I don't know how to say it, like when the camera flipped back or they shot it at a different angle, I just saw the like crop, the close crop of his hair. Yeah. That's why I just assumed (laughs) that it was Eric, you know, as Tim. Um, Yeah. So, but anyway, so, um, Later, we see Lucy meet up with most of the team to update them on the case. And even Wesley's there to go over any legalities. Like, if sex or money's on the table, then the word entrapment would be able to be used, which is not exactly something that can help their case. Uh, So Lucy knows to watch carefully for signs of, I get like, Frank pushing the envelope, kind of. Um, And poor Tim. (laughs) having to stand there and listen to things like that though i was like oh and then for the wire comment to be made you know make sure she has a good wire in case frank gets handsy i'm like wow no wonder he's having a difficult time separating his thoughts from his feelings yeah um yeah and then you know obviously the the very end gray reminded him you know to treat lucy like any other uc and to treat this case as it as any other uh operation and like we all know he'll do his best but i mean the man is gone like head over heels <laughs> for lucy chen so so true i mean i can't i mean yeah because i i feel like because tim doesn't really get he doesn't like to say that he's emotionally attached or show his emotions very well it's like obviously you can see this internal struggle for him he mm-hmm. just doesn't want to share it but everyone kind of knows like he's he's going through it a little bit so yeah um i was honestly glad though that not much was said at the dinner because <laughs> i was like no if anything like if he actually tried something i'd be like okay <laughs> mm-hmm. this is not good I, don't, I mean it wasn't good what happened next anyway but i was just like okay we had a small little snippet of conversation yeah um, because lucy well as jamie slash lisa you know <laughs> reminds frank that she's like in over her head a bit and she's never done something like this and you know he's trying to you know keep her you know casual and you know keep her kind of calm down about the whole thing and um they don't really get much further than that because then bullets start flying and well we see an suv had pulled up alongside the curb um Tim was like across the street from the restaurant and saw that and called it in. Um, and the person or persons in the SUV were mainly taking shots at 
Frank and Lucy's table, but you saw kind of bullets go throughout the whole restaurant. Um, and we see Tim, well, he's like radioing and then says that he's giving chase to the uh, one suspect and he barely manages to to escape um, out of that situation since the gun apparently wasn't loaded, but the he like took him down. See, this is why I hate when they film things in the dark because I literally had to rewind to go watch it again and I'm like, Oh, okay, there was like one or two punches thrown, and then that's yeah. how the guy was taken down. Um, but still, he told um, Officer Jan when he showed when he showed up that he got lucky this time, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." So that could have ended very differently. Yeah, um, for Tim. And so then, while that's happening, um, Lucy wants well as again as jamie wants out of this you know operation she's doing with frank he kind of grabs her arm and tells her you know it's not how it works so she's staying in um but she's also going to go home because this night has been you know disastrous um and he'll be in touch um and tim and lucy talk on the phone again and they agree to meet at the well laundry room Mm -hmm. um of her undercover apartment and when she arrives he's already there uh and we get the um hug which is nice well the first hug i should say um and he asks if she's okay and she is and he wants to you know make sure frank hasn't tried anything yet and um you know lucy says that he hasn't but she can handle it if he ever did um and again, you can kind of see that Tim's still not exactly good with everything, um, even though he tells her that he knows she can handle it. Lucy also acknowledges that knowing it and feeling it are two different things. Um, and so he has to, like, he's planning on making this, like, a quick conversation. <laughs> um, she has other ideas, so. Yeah. Because he has to go update Gray. But before he goes, Lucy kind of, I don't know if she like, see, this is what, I don't know if it's like their height difference or what, but the camera never catches like what she does. Like if yeah. she taps his arm, grabs his arm, whatever, yeah. or like, but, um, you know, in like in a whispered tone, you know, tells him to lock the door, um, implying that they're going to hook up there because it like, before it cuts, you see the slightest, like, smirk slash smile mm-hmm. on tim's face so at um, first i didn't catch it and so i was like wait is this happening or am i just like hallucinating things like i couldn't tell and then other people and i like i thought about it more and i was like no she did say lock and door so you know my dumbass thought for two seconds though i literally thought she was just like okay you can like lock the door when you leave and i'm like why the hell would she that should be stuck in a laundry room? What does what good does that do? I kid you not, for like 0.5, like 0.5 seconds, I thought that. And I was like, okay, I need to apparently jump on the Chenford hookup train because that's where they were going. That might be the best thing that I've heard all day. <laughs> like I was just like I don't know. It just I I mean I get what they were doing, but it just yeah. seemed like such a I don't know, like a randomly placed line. Like, I don't know. 
but again, yeah like I don't said, know people were saying this episode was like straight out of a Chunford fic and if there is a fanfic with Chunford like in the laundry room like doing things I don't know if I want like read that or be scared or what i don't know yeah if there if there are rated um tenford fix i haven't read any same um so yeah but um yeah apparently that was that was one of the moments that you know everyone was um excited about um and so next day um lucy's well, she's like outside of her uh undercover apartment texting Tim. And I well see, I always have trouble when they put text or computer things up on the screen for what they think is the appropriate amount of time for someone to actually read it. Mm-hmm. I never catch all of it, so I had to pause and go back. Um, but I did catch that the phone said Tim instead of, you know, Bradford or yeah. you know, Officer Bradford. So that was cute i thought um because she's texting tim uh and as she's doing that frank pulls up in his car and he yells like the loudest voice ever i was like Mm -hmm. what in the world um at her to get in and uh after she does he knows who took shots at them at the restaurant and he's gonna take them down but um he needs a lookout and before lucy can really say much else he's already you know speeding off in the direction of the uh warehouse and so they arrive at the place where they do the 3d printing for said weapons and uh lucy puts together that frank thinks one of his guys did the shooting and he confirms he's like yeah granted uh and so he orders lucy to stay outside and keep watch she stays by the car but calls tim who she's kind of freaking out a little bit because she had texted him 911 and um so he had like followed them there but she doesn't really know how exactly to play it um but tim you know tells her well the first thing is to keep murder murder from occurring so uh she goes inside the warehouse to grab frank telling him that the cops are on their way um and as this is happening tim is called for backup and the uh shops arrive just as lucy and frank get away in the in uh his car so um and she pulled him out before he had a chance to take a shot at grant so that was good crisis uh somewhat averted and you would think oh good she's out of the woods she's not because after they get back um frank pulls a gun on her and says that she has about 10 seconds to prove to him that she's not a cop um you know, because how else would she know that the cops were on their way? And yep. she tells him that she has a police scanner app on her phone and, you know, asks if she can show it to him. And so she does. And Frank asks why she didn't leave him inside to get arrested. And she basically is like, well, now I wish I had. Um, And then he kind of goes on this, I don't know, like, I don't know what the word is, like wistful um discussion about how you know when you're in prison and you think about when you get out there's all these things that you're gonna do but then you get out and the world's changed and people have moved on um you know and kind of it's alluding to his daughter and lucy mentions that maybe 
oh, well, you know, it's not too late. You can still, you know, get back in touch with her. Um, and he seems to kind of take that into consideration a little bit. And he even apologizes for threatening her um, before she can finally, you know, get out of the car. Um, I don't know. The one thing, even though, because then Lucy calls Tim and says that she thinks the op is done. I just thought it was slightly ominous that Frank was like, not if I see you first. Yeah. After she was like, I'll see you later. Yeah. But then again, I don't know, because people have also used that in like a... I don't know, lighter flirting yeah. con, you know, like to as a flirting line or something. Well, and he's kind uh, of creepy, so he could have just meant to like more of a fun yeah. tone or something, but even then I don't think that he would have, so yeah, I just didn't really know what to make of it. But um she like I said, she does t- call Tim and tells him that the op is pretty much done because Frank has no crew and no product because Tim had picked up Grant and two more of uh, the guys from Frank's crew at that uh, building and Tim jokes, you know, that's too bad because he was expecting another laundry room hookup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got that little moment. Chenford, like phone Chenford. We had a lot of that, which I didn't know yeah. that I needed, but it was good. Yeah. Like, I liked it. And their flirty banter. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Chef's yeah. kiss. Like, I don't know, because, like, I always wonder how, I don't, but it just seemed to flow. I don't, I mean, I'm sure it's just, you know, because Eric and Melissa work well, mm-hmm. even when they're not, like, facing each other, you know? Yeah. I just always wonder, oh, well, is it going to seem awkward when, like, people are on the phone and trying to, you know, act like they're talking to someone, but it, it flowed really nicely, I thought, so um yeah and so lastly um we get the well i was gonna say sneak peek that's not the right term uh the clip that was posted on the youtube channel um yeah that abc did um we get tim and lucy going back to her apartment um so she can kind of unpack and um you know get herself together after this week-long operation she just wants to like sleep eat food have quality time with tim um and she confesses to watching uh top chef without him and tim's like bad girlfriend horrible <laughs> like as she's walking i thought that was so funny um why did like, i immediately sorry. think of him telling kojo bad dog I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why. I can't, I can't deliver it how you know Eric did, but it just so I mean, bad. yeah. Um, and you know, because she's like taking her um duffel bag back into her room, and um, she then mentioned how he didn't write up the restaurant shooting in the report. How he almost died basically after chasing the guy because the gun was empty and. Tim's like, well, it's much to do about nothing. Um, and he's kind of like, well, I he feels like she's not telling him everything that's happening on the operation that she was on. And she insists that she is. She just thinks that maybe he's projecting because of how Isabel was so secretive with him previously. Um, and she wants him to 
be able to see the difference and he says of course he can but he wants her to take it seriously also when he might sound the alarm about something and like she promises that she will um and it kind of I don't know like I didn't want that I didn't I didn't know if it was like gonna turn into like I didn't know what direction it was going I didn't want them to have like angst or anything I didn't think it was gonna be a huge fight or something but I just kind of thought like oh okay this is a lot of back and forth yeah um but he kind of softens a bit and just says you know he doesn't want to lose her like he lost um presumably Isabel I'm assuming um and she assures him that he won't and you know she'll walk away long before like any operation gets to that point and we get the second Jennifer tug of yeah. the episode so that was nice like to end on for them anyway I always feel, well, at least last season too, I felt like we got a lot of Chunford like towards the end of the season. I feel like that's kind of how it is again. I mean, really, it's just been like two episodes, but it's nice to like hold us over for the hiatus, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So then next we have, sorry, I just feel like I literally talked for so long about that one storyline. Which then makes me wish that like the no ho doe stuff was like pushed, or like yeah. the other stuff was pushed. Because like I felt like I talked for so long, and then I realized I had like three more sections to go. No, that that's how fun. I felt tweeting too. Because I I was like I feel like I'm just tweeting like all Chenford because it was just like little bits of the no ho doe case and like the Selena yeah. and Scott stuff and everything like thrown yeah. in, and then it was like once the half up the halfway mark hit it was like let's transition into this no ho do case like completely so yeah. but yeah. even then they're still pretty like i don't know pretty kind of like, heavy I sections guess. of the chenford yeah. still wrapping things up yeah i don't know anyway okay so on to john and nyla they're working the no ho do case um and again this from last episode is coming back around um because it's still unsolved and really though it's more like john and selena slash nyla Mm -hmm. coming in at intervals yeah (laughs) um but i digress um so first john and selena are called to the morgue um investigating the latest limb discovery which was an arm that was cleanly severed and the coroner was so you know like hadn't seen anything like it before couldn't even really tell them what instrument had done that um as for the no hodo case though like for the um leg and whatnot it was like assumed to be a blunt instrument or the sorry the torso wow not the leg um the torso was assumed to be a blunt instrument um and later on john and selena find a leg and a foot um a homeless man had them and wanted money for them and i was like what why no <laughs> like that's nuts like what even like he it was, was like so negotiating yeah. yeah it was so quick i was like okay like i don't know i just felt like they could just like found them on the street or something i don't know but whatever i was just surprised at how many limbs they did find in this episode mm-hmm. 
So um, I guess Nyla really wasn't wrong when she was like, there's a lot of limbs that can be found in Los Angeles. Um, so anyway, then they get a call about a, another leg was found and um, this time by a guy and his dog, which we'll get more a little bit more to later. Um, and so they get that one to the lab as well. And that one, that one was the one that matched the torso. So now the torso has leg um, along with it. And while this is all kind of happening, they're waiting for the, the prosthetic hip uh, like identifier to come back to see if they can use that to ID the person that the body parts belong to mm-hmm. um and they do to uh someone named trip linden uh but they still got to figure out who the heck killed him uh and so they bring in two people um hank and mark who are the ones that reported trip missing a month ago and apparently the trio were close so they say anyway since trip apparently had an extensive armory collection um you know, and things like RPGs, for example. And I loved how Nyla's eyebrows raised at that. And she was like, are you really that dumb to tell me this right now? (laughs) Like, that's what I thought her face represented. She Um, is the queen of expressions. Like, she doesn't even have to say any words. All she has to do is just, like, like, have an expression and it says everything. Yeah. Um, And... Nolan and Juarez are observing uh, Nyla's questioning of these two and they're kind of bouncing ideas back and forth about whether or not they're guilty Um, because like Hank and Mark offer up another suspect they say no maybe the you know woman trip supposedly went to meet up with in Vegas did something to him and their initial reactions were a little stoic like etc etc turns out Hank and Mark did do it because um after John Selena scrubbed their social media, they found videos, well, videos of like Hank and Mark shooting at everything, including a cow. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there goes Trip into a shot, literally like into a shot of the video. Um, Lewis head off with a machine gun. I was like, I'm sorry, what? I like paused and I was like there's no way like what in the world um so that was just crazy um and so apparently these two morons decided to put up the rest of them like why I didn't understand I just like why I don't know but they're kind of insane um yeah and uh so obviously they're putting out um warrants for uh both of their arrests and um i loved the moment between john and nyla though when you know he was um or you know they were assuming oh okay they're just gonna have swat do it and i was like where's the fun in that john's nervous laugh and selena's like oh she's not kidding he's like no i wish she were she's (laughs) (laughs) like of course Nyla's not kidding Mm -hmm. (laughs) of course she wants to you know do all the things um and so they well they like cut when they come back and um they cut back over to um 
John and Selena like had picked up Hank, um, who apparently while trying to evade police uh, arrest blew up his fingers with a grenade. So uh, he's like being rolled in on a gurney. Um, so uh, those two along with Nyla are like with him kind of coming into the hospital and as they're arriving, uh, they're discussing going back out to search for Mark before he realizes there's a warrant out for his arrest as well. Uh, turns out they don't have to go very far because in comes Mark to the nurse's station asking about his friend who was injured by explosives. Uh, and they try to approach him, but he pulls out a gun. Thankfully, Queen Angela Lopez comes in, literally just like elbows him backwards, mm-hmm. takes, grabs the weapon like the badass she is so i love how she told wesley she was like what you just expect me to stand here and i was like that yeah she just didn't care too it's like wesley could have not even been there it wouldn't i mean even if he was like (laughs) she's just doing she's just doing the damn thing yeah that was fun um and so lastly for this part of the storyline anyway um Nyla's back at the station and Nolan comes up saying how Gray had said she wanted to see him and she did because the arm from the beginning of the episode that the Emmy flagged is connected to a case in Arizona uh because the coroner there found a different arm severed in the same fashion uh while the victims were still alive and John wonders if it's a serial killer and asks that they should call you know call the feds in on this and uh, Nyla already did because Q Simone Clark showing up uh, and she's ready to jokingly steal the thunder from the LAPD with this uh, potential serial murderer case. And uh, she does ask John to bring her up to speed, though. So that's I'm assuming because I still haven't actually watched Feds yet. Um, that's where Nathan crosses over to Feds. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that was kind of so. I guess I mean Simone crossed over to the rookie, too. Yeah. But I just I don't like it. Wasn't even so much the crossover aspect. I just literally felt like the no ho do could have been taken out and put into another episode. Yeah, or just have been in the Feds episode. But then mm-hmm. again, I haven't actually watched Feds yet. So I don't know how much there was in that. Um it was like the entire episode yeah okay yeah but still i just i don't know or just i don't know i don't know not that it was not that i thought it was like badly done it was just this is one of those instances where like when other people may say it for other episodes and i don't really see it yeah i kind of see it for this one maybe they could have i don't know just somehow she came in at like the end so i was kind of like okay this is clearly done like yeah. we're going in defense now yeah mm-hmm. i don't know it was but, i mean it was still good i enjoyed yeah seeing i feel like lately they've the been putting a lot into the rookie episodes which i like but then i'm also like we don't need to like have one big main storyline and then like little stuff like maybe the Aaron and Wilpes stuff and the Selena and Scott like we don't need to have two major storylines like kind of competing for screen time and then little ones too yeah but I also feel like if they have one major storyline and it kind of falls flat then they're really like hoping on the other two to kind of you know 
help but like stand on its legs but even then like i don't know having two major storylines they're fighting for it so yeah well because like we didn't get a you know sneak peek of lucy going undercover even though that's what half of the episode description was mm-hmm. but yeah we got the two promo photos of lucy undercover even yeah. though they didn't really show much it's not like we got any of you know john with nyla or john with selena yeah. or anything i don't know it was just i mean it was fine it worked i i mm-hmm. liked that there was a lot to yeah you know watch and react to um but i even just like of... the rookie promo though didn't really have anything to do with like the rest of the episode besides showing like the little bit that we saw from like the feds or mm-hmm. you know that would carry over in the feds mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know if we do get a season two of feds there definitely has to be some work on the on the crossover aspect for sure i just want more characters like i want to see like that behind the scenes photo of um richard and james like i'd love to see Mm -hmm. from a while back like i'd love to see like carter and gray yeah work together or like i don't know or you know matt and i could see like matt and angela again like teaming up like we did in the thanksgiving episode mm-hmm. a little bit like just i don't know or just yeah i don't know just more more people because them crossing over the storylines is nailed down they've got that they've got that in the bag but like they just need to work on crossing over the characters now like can we get another brunson and chenford interaction this time with chenford like actually dating yeah and brenson like being more being a more established partnership like yeah yeah i don't know like i said if if they do get a season two which hopefully they do i mean fingers crossed Mm -hmm. that they kind of iron out these crossovers a little bit more because the case and like that carrying over it's for the most part there but yeah, it needs to be the character, like part of it needs to be crossed over and ironed out a little bit more. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it'd always be fun to see more people mm-hmm. on each of the shows. Um, yeah, and so for the Aaron and Wilkes stuff, I mean, mainly is Aaron and Angela, but um, you know, Wesley, <laughs> Wesley showed up in a couple in a couple <laughs> more scenes. Um, yeah, but I mean, I just loved that the episode started out with the sneak peek. Um, that they posted to Twitter when Angela was talking to Aaron from inside her closet, and Wesley caught her. Um, the first uh case that she asked Aaron to help her out with was to get this guy's DNA, and so we see Aaron rifling through garbage at the station for apparently days. Um until he finally finds a ugh, cotton swab with earwax and ta-da there's there's how you get dna and i was like seriously out of all the things like no half eaten no know, like things or like bite marks or mouth on a cup nothing yeah like, like dang ugh. And he spent how many days going through this? Like, well, trash? I think it was four because it was Had the end, been. like the end of Lucy's or the yeah, you know, when they put up the days or whatever, yeah. and then it was like that's the same time. And, and all he got you know, out of Smitty it was came up, and he was up. like, 
yeah and he was like he like called it up he's like there it is and Smitty's like okay sure yeah. like that's fine <laughs> if Aaron makes it out and it's in season six I need more Smitty and Aaron please and thank you oh, that'd be hilarious yeah like I need them partnered up one day and that Aaron's just fun. like really I did wait didn't we already have that or similar to that I don't know I need it again though Mm-hmm. yeah um so got the dna match um so one case technically closed and then we had gray being a mood throughout this entire like aaron storyline too because he was a mood when he you know came in and was like this better be spotless when i get back referring to the table um and he's basically told aaron go rifle through the trash somewhere else <laughs> um which is why he went out to the uh shop bay whatever the heck you call it the place where they put the cars um yeah so uh when he's on the phone with angela again much to wesley's dismay even though Wesley's <laughs> staring Angela down and she can feel it too. Yeah. He's telling him like, and I have to, you know, stop talking now because my husband's staring <laughs> me down. Um, so I thought that was funny. Um, he, uh, Aaron does offer to take another case off her hands, which involves uh, getting a witness uh, to a robbery to talk. And here, the other sneak peek we saw about, um, Aaron and Mr. Perry doing the is it clip talk or clip talk? Clip, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, dance routine. And of course, Gray is hilarious. What in the hell? Like that uh-huh. total meme moment. I think um M on Twitter already memed it. Yeah. I think for uh Yeah, it was something like when I won't stop talking about the rookie and my family or something, and they just and they like just walk out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good yeah um and so since they did the you know dance routine together um uh mr perry gives aaron the information that the guy who robbed the liquor store drove a silver uh accord with the license plate starting with three jr so uh aaron's able to well track that he meets up with smitty um Smitty had kind of checked like in and around the car but hadn't checked the trunk yet and so when they do uh they discover a body in the trunk in the car in the alleyway um and they go into the uh auto shop that the car is parked by and they find another body not too far uh inside and Aaron deduces that the second guy like the second body they find died from a heart attack because his last search uh was for heart attack symptoms uh and his theory of things is that after the successful burglary i love how he labeled the guys though too yeah front guy and heart attack guy (laughs) so um front guy and heart attack guy get into a disagreement which leads to heart attack guy killing trunk guy and obviously putting the guy in the trunk Mm-hmm. and all of this is too much for heart attack guy who barely makes it back into the building before he's dying of said heart attack so another case closed <laughs> by Aaron um and I don't know I just thought it was like I don't know because he was just so like 
proud of himself you know and like throughout the yeah. entire episode like you could just see how he really is like absorbing things and learning as he's going so um yeah and he stops by uh Wolpez's hospital room Angela's there for an appointment when she did the badass gun takedown thing um and Aaron tells her that he managed to close seven cases and she said that she'll tell Carradine about how he stepped up uh but before he leaves he mentions that Aaron would be a good girl's name too and Wesley sighs saying how they wanted it to be a surprise <laughs> but I was like I was all I thought was like yay for Wopez having a baby girl yeah <laughs> like that's all I thought of see my mind immediately went to the worst thing ever well that was more so like after we had seen the promo and i was like oh yeah fair after the promo yeah yeah, i was like oh heck yeah only because of past experience with the well pets babies that's all i'm gonna say i mean listen we had a Jackson mentioned, which I will get to in a second, with the Selena and Scott thing. Yes, and I did so. not realize that was a Jackson mention until I had seen that on Twitter after the fact, but I don't know how my mind just, like, will latch on to things like that though, and, like, mm-hmm. just immediately will just go, like, oh, that's right, and I'll just, like, think of it, and I was like, oh, <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm excited, though, that Lopez is having a baby girl. Mm-hmm. I can see it in season six, Angela being like, okay, we have one of each now. Now it's time to get that vasectomy. Like, we're good. Yeah. I can totally see it. I just have a feeling that it'll be like, like early in the season. She would literally put like post-it notes everywhere and it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. one more day. Oh, today's the day. You're going. And then when he like doesn't want to go, she's like, you're going. Like, end of story. Yeah. I could yeah. honestly see like Wesley trying to get out of it somehow and then like bam Angela just pops uh-huh. out of nowhere and is like no yeah <laughs> you're going uh, yeah I could see that um but yeah so um for the Selena and Scott stuff it was kind of just I mean I was gonna preface it by saying that towards the beginning of the episode Selena had told John how she decided to you know get back on dating apps and then while driving she found it like entertaining to keep swiping uh on profiles and she also asked john how he and bailey met and he recalled when she showed up on his porch in a towel i just can't believe that was season three i <laughs> well, know at the end of season three yeah like ages ago um but uh his point being that he wasn't looking for love when he found it um and Scott was the guy that I'd mentioned earlier uh, with the dog who had found the one severed leg. Um, I just thought it was like, because I didn't know what Selena was doing when she took a couple steps forward when the dog wouldn't like back off. Mm-hmm. Um, but she ended up giving him a hug in order to get his dog to not be so possessive about the yeah. leg. And I was like, dog is guarding this leg and he growled even when nolan tried to give him the dog treat and i was like dang nolan's like the you know friendliest you Mm -hmm. know character or whatever um but then yes we got the um you know because selena asked like oh you carry dog treats around he's you know it was a trick that he got from a friend so presumably that's a jackson 
West reference, which we miss him. So, um, but then, so after kind of they managed to get Scott's dog away and can get the leg, um, Scott asked if they kind of needed anything else from him and Selena was like, no. Um, so they go on their way, uh, and back at the station, Nolan mentions how it's funny that even though she can, you know, kind of get, understand people's vibes, uh, she didn't pick up on Scott's signals and, uh, he kind of was just walking away laughing and smiling about that and Selena's like, it's not that funny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so that was a, that was a good moment. Um, and when she and John are outside in the courtyard, uh, Selena sees Scott, like, again, and gets nervous and, uh, asked John, well, what the heck should she say? And John being John was legit, like, start with hi. And then he makes a mad dash. Out yeah. <laughs> the opposite direction. Uh, and Scott does end up asking Selena out and she accepts. So they're, you know, it's a date. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't see their date, but we see Selena and John walking outside at the end of uh, their shift, both dressed in plain clothes. Selena's going on her date with Scott, and John tells her maybe she should just let things happen instead of, you know, trying to read into it with, you know, tarot cards. And uh, he cites, um, like, he and Bailey as an example of how things can, you know, just work out how they're supposed to um and before she takes off selena tells john that he and bailey are gonna get married in september even though john said they're not doing anything before the spring uh and the episode ends with uh john dialing uh bailey presumably and asking what she thinks of a september wedding so you know maybe foreshadowing i feel like that is don't know but, but then again, I don't know, they've been engaged for so long and we haven't really heard anything about like, oh, we're wedding planning or, oh, what do you think more yeah. about like a spring wedding or anything? So, I mean, who knows? There's no wedding I, wedding dress try-ons. Yet. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of wouldn't mind it if they were like just engaged for a long time. I don't know. Yeah. But, but that was it for the rookie episode again lots of things going on so I felt like it was like long-winded in some parts and then other parts were very yeah to the point but yeah still a good episode it was it It was a good penultimate yeah um so we do have some listener thoughts Valerie had said I love when everyone has equally important parts of the story the check-in phone calls were really cute and I wonder if Tim recognizes the irony of lying on his report to protect Lucy when he got so mad at her for doing the same thing in season two. Mm, in yeah. One, yeah. People I brought that up. Yeah, I didn't realize that um, at first until I went on Twitter after watching the mm-hmm. tricky part uh, today and seeing that parallel. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Haley had said I thought they were uh, that they both had really great episodes Joycelyn had said pretty much the same thing both episodes were very good last night they definitely were Mm -hmm. Uh, and Blessed Turtle had said the irony of Selena not knowing that Scott was into her is not lost on me and it was very funny Uh, 
my favorite part was when Nolan suggested Swap move in on a survivalist, but then Harper and her warrior spirit did not let him. Um, and his chuckle at the end of that uh, scene was priceless. And uh, Lopez was barely in this episode, which is understandable since she's on maternity leave. But what little we got was still fantastic. And Aaron being a thorn in Gray's side was great, too. As for Chenford, this was Lucy's second long-term assignment, I believe. And it somehow felt way more high stakes than the last one. Um, and their final scene in this episode made it abundantly clear uh, to, like most of the fans and hopefully to them too that you know they're important to each other there's no like they had to have realized how much this whole thing means for them there's no way that they didn't um and if you had told bless turtle even two years ago that tim bradford would be in a relationship where he's so smitten that he stepped outside of his comfort zone uh to have a spontaneous hookup with his partner in the laundry room of an apartment building she's staying at while on undercover assignment uh they would have owed you so much money because that <laughs> is a bet they would have made and lost <laughs> yeah that's fair yeah i wasn't really expecting it either just like the implication of it mm-hmm. i was like okay yeah um and bless turtle uh said hope thorson and juarez pull through uh next week that promo is gonna haunt them for the next week fair yep yep yeah i think that was that 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 we had on the rookie mm-hmm. i think it's time to move into the rookie feds which i'm gonna totally spoil all of it okay no? i already read i already read the like the one thing about like the like brenson making the joke and that like killed my shipper heart inside but then i was yeah. like it's fine they're platonic and i love them so i really yeah but it. just because they made that joke doesn't mean that it still couldn't happen at some point i know but i'm like oh that's kind of just like yeah they're dead in the water for me right now but that's it's okay. not it's not like it's that's enemies fine. to lovers but it's kind of like frenemies, it just cracks me up so yeah yep either way i was yeah. like yep i can see that this episode was good. Like, I'm expecting all cap reactions when you watch it. <laughs> Probably because I love Brit. Yeah. And Laura. So um, so we open the episode. There's the serial killer like watching a couple, and once she leaves, he zeroes in on the guy who's like looking at his flat tire or whatever. And it literally looks like he backed up on a slab of nails. Like, I don't know. Ew. It was so odd. Yeah. And so he looks up to see this, like, serial killer with a knife, um, but then that person is tased, and the guy with the taser tells the driver to run. And it was, oh, like, eerie. He, he was just like, run. And uh, it was weird. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So then Garz is, like, briefing the team. John's there to give them the rundown of, you know, what the LAPD found. And at that point, I was like, why John? Like, why is it not Gray? Like, John is just a T.O. I don't know. I guess, I guess because, because he, like, worked in the game. But then why not bring Nyla, too? Gosh darn it. Right? Like, I don't know. It was, uh, like, to me, I just felt like, okay, John is just, like, a P2. Like, he has <laughs> no stake in this. He, his name, yeah, might be on the case, but, like, he doesn't have any, like, say in completing it or whatever. I was just like, okay, that's kind of odd. But then again, he met with simone and the rookie so whatever um so they pull up photos of the severed arm 
mentioning the unique cut. It was clean, no striations, like no burn marks, whatever. And so they matched it to a severed leg. And that's when Simone was called in along with Antoinette, who points out that both limbs were severed with a water jet cutter. And she can't ID the victims yet, but DNA typing is in the process. So Antoinette's like, I'm going to examine the arm that just landed in my lab. And Elena's like, can I watch that happen? Like, you know, I want to kind of join. And Garz is like, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's just put her on with Antoinette. So Laura mentions that there has to be another factor that connects these victims together. And like, ultimately the serial killer to the victims. And so Elena and Antoinette are looking at the arm. Antoinette's like walking Elena through the steps that they'll do the physical exam, like mentioning the condition of the amputated limb is consistent with the two week timeline since removal. And so the leg from the Arizona victim was removed two weeks before the severed arm. So Elena's like, there'll probably be another severed limb out there soon. And Elena or Antoinette warns her about jumping to conclusions this early on. And so Antoinette pulls out like an infrared camera that literally just looks like it was her iPhone. And she's looking at the limb with something stronger than like the naked eye. And Elena's like, she looks at this part in the limb and it looks like it might be a tracking device or like maybe a microchip. And that's how they can ID their victim. And so we then go over to like see Simone talking to the victim's wife um, who tells Simone that the last time she saw her husband was 15 days ago and she didn't notice anything strange about it before his disappearance. Um, and so then there's a lot of cuts in the feds like they just it's like every episode they're like cutting over to things. So we see Brunson talking to the liquor store guy. He is very adamant that he does not remember the victim and he's like, you know, he tried to rob me, but then a guy in a mask showed up and tased him. And, you know, the liquor store guy is just going to get the security tapes uh, against his willingness. So. so they're watching the liquor store security tapes. They see the taser the serial killer is using. And it's not like the normal ones, apparently. So this one delivers twice the voltage of the sun gun. And Laura mentions that the case from the cold opener like that one has to be or they come to the conclusion that the guy with the taser is their like killer um or the guy that they're like after and so we cut over to the guy with the taser he's got someone lying flat on this table who's asking like why he's doing this we don't really know who his next victim is at least there's not like a name uh attached to him and so the killer is like putting on gloves chokes this guy on the table and says he's doing this because he's a predator and he rages against his fate this guy is very dark um and so then like later in the episode garza asks if they have anything laura sasses back and she's like no but you know what i do have a boss who's like down my neck like down my back looking for answers and she sasses back she's great she tells him you know that it's gonna be a little bit and that they don't even know how he picks his victims and Garz is just like, the odds are that he's stalking his victims. And so uh, Antoinette and Elena come in with DNA match results. They couldn't find a match for the relate for the female victim, but they do find a DNA match between her and Sebastian. And so 
The victims are related with the same biological father. They do some digging to find out, like, Sebastian never knew who his biological father was. It was a sperm donor. So that sends Simone and Carter on their way to St. Stephen's to find out if the female victim was a product of the sperm donation or if her mom was, like, hooking up with the guy. And so the doctor, you know, he's like, HIPAA regulations, not going to give you those records. Um, And then he mentions that there was a hacker who accessed records from... 30 plus years ago and then like wiped them from from all the servers and so they're desperate for hard copies of the file and they get access to like this room full of boxes old papers like it's just it's a mess and so they call in elena and antoinette simone thought she was just getting elena but like antoinette comes along too and tells her that fertility records are highly technical with anonymity so elena will need antoinette's help And so Carter mentions the first priority is to get Sebastian's donor father, like his identity, and then use him to get the identities of the other siblings from the sample. And so we go from seeing the serial killer, like washing his bloody hands to Antoinette and Elena still in the file room. Elena like makes a crack about her age and how things were done without computers. And Antoinette's like, how old do you think I am? And Antoinette's like, actually, don't answer that. (laughs) I literally love these two. Like, we need to see more of them. Um, And it's kind of a crime that we haven't been given any, like, scenes with just them until 121. But I digress. So Antoinette finds Sebastian's mom's file. It doesn't explicitly say who the donor is, but it does give them a code that, like, will match the corresponding donor file. So they find Thomas Clay Briggs with the same file slash code number. Elena is like, I know that name and looks him up. He's currently serving six life sentences for serial murders for five people in the early 2000s. Um, So then we go over to Brenton, who's talking to him in prison. And Brendan like looks a little uncomfortable and also kind of like nervous about it and laura's just in there with hbic energy i mean she is like not taking shit so they get right to the point asking about the donation briggs could like care less he's like yeah so what i needed beer money like it wasn't a big deal and so they mentioned serial killer and he just like laughs um and they ask who could be behind us and briggs is like well maybe you should pay a visit to the families you know that had these kids from my donation um even bringing up that what he did to their loved ones he would want revenge on too so that's a little ominous we never really gotten further explanation for that mm-hmm. now that i'm thinking about it like what did he do to their families we never really got that so so Antoinette and elena get to the last box they've got seven kids from his sample born between 1986 and 92 and so they find the identity for their African-American Jane Doe, which was Edwina Davis. And Elena hasn't been able to track down everyone's whereabouts, but did find Maggie Whitlock's address. And so Simone and Carter are meeting John to speak with Maggie. And Nolan's like, yeah, I thought you guys should be the one to tell her what's going on. And I'm basically just here for support. So they go in and they meet Maggie and Theo, her little boy, and you know someone's like can we talk somewhere where there's not like little ears listening so no one's like i'll keep theo company and so 
Maggie never really knew that her biological father was a sperm donor. Um, and so she's kind of freaking out about that and the fact that he's a serial killer. And they tell Nolan that, or they tell her that Nolan will stay there with her while she packs and like then escort her and Theo to a secure location. And Theo like ends up going out the doggy door to the backyard, walks up to Roman, who is like the guy with the taser, um, or yeah, the taser. And Simone like looks out, she sees someone in the backyard. She's not really sure who he is, but assumes that it's the killer. And so she tells Maggie that her and Theo need to get into the bathroom, lock the door, like, you know, like prepare for whatever could happen. And Theo is nowhere to be found, obviously, because he went out in the backyard. So now they're on the hunt for him. And so when Simone, like, they go out in the backyard, Simone, like, sees someone. She announces herself, like, kind of points her gun at them. But it's Theo. He's unharmed. He's fine. He ends up giving her a ring that Roman gave him, which, as she classified it, was, like, a little trophy. Um... And so we go back over to Brendan and Laura and he's asking her if he thinks that it's a coincidence that Sebastian turned into a violent criminal given who his father is and Laura's profiling him. She's like, you know, she's going all into like his psycho, like psychopathy or whatever. And they've got the phone number for another one of the Briggs kids. Well, she ends up calling Roman Griffith, who is the killer he ends up thinking that it's a scam call. Yeah. Yeah. He ends up thinking that it's a scam call. And he's like, I'm not giving you my social security number, Agent Sensen. And she's like, this is not a scam. Oh, my God. I could just imagine. Because she's probably like, don't you fuck with me right now. Mm-hmm. Like, no. Yeah. Oh, it was oh it was so good. It was so good. So... Then, you know, her and Brendan are, like, exchanging looks. And Laura's like, what the fuck? Like, this is not a scam. So she just tells him that his life is in danger. And she's like, are you in L.A.? Like, are you in L.A. right now? And he's like, no, I'm in Vancouver, actually. And, I mean, at this point, like, he very well could be. Like, we don't know. Because it's it's before we see him, like, watching the house. And so he mentions the label sick monster and Laura's like, well, I try not to use that label, which it comes back up later. Um, And so she kind of gives him a quick profile on serial killers and asks what he should do. He asks what he should do. And I'm at the entire time. I'm like, Laura, Laura, this is not the guy to be doing that to. So we see him then watching Maggie's house from her backyard, uh, which is creepy, but you know, okay. so garza is you know they're back at the bureau garza's like you know we're so lucky like the team you know what would have happened if he took theo and so the team questions why he didn't take theo and he's like well the good news is that the other potential victims have been accounted for so you know we have to shift into hunting mode he's moving fast and has definitely made some mistakes and so like later in the episode because it was about halfway through the episode that laura got kidnapped like just for reference yeah okay because I was like, where's the housewarming party? <laughs> yeah, where's was... the happy? Your mind is going to be blown the entire time because... Oh, God. Yeah. I'm probably going to be like, what the heck? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So Laura's been kidnapped at this point, And Garza and the team are talking about why the killer would have taken her. And Brendan, Antoinette, and Mark all say that the killer is one of Briggs' biological children. Like, they came to that conclusion all on their own. 
And yes. yeah. And so um, it's not a motive, but it is a lead. And so Garza thinks that Roman is in Vancouver because he has not been given this information. And Simone comes in and she lays that theory to rest. And he, she's like, nope, that's the guy that I saw in Maggie's backyard. And then we see, we cut over to see Laura pinned against, I don't know, it looked like an inversion table, but it wasn't. Like, it definitely was not. And she's talking to Roman, profiling him again, kind of, and pulling quietly at the restraints. And he talks about his childhood, saying that, like, him and his parents tried everything, but, like, nothing would relieve the pressure in his head, except for violence. And he wanted to murder people, but, like, found ways to stop himself. And so he said, like, he found out who his father, who his real father was, how he was the worst version, and, like, how he found out that he had other children, violent children, which he mentioned Sebastian, and then he mentioned Chet, and we never met or knew anything else about Chet. But it doesn't explain why she's there. And so she's like, and I'm not telling you anything that you don't know, Um, which at this point, live tweeting, I was like, so is she there because she's one of the other siblings? Like, we don't know anything about her family. She could be, right? And then I was like, or did he, like, track her location? Like, I don't know. I was, like, spiraling out. And so he then mentions Maggie's son, Theo, and how he has the DNA. And he's like, the only sane thing I could do was take him out. But, like, I couldn't do that. And Laura's like, that's because you have a conscience. Like, yeah, you're not going to take out a kid. And so Garza talked to the, like, we go back over, Garza talked to the LAPD, the apartment's empty, there's Bolo out, and he's like, but I'm not waiting on that. And so he asks what they've pulled on their subject, they bring up his school record, his criminal record, and then Simone pulls up his past work history, and the last two places he worked at closed about six months ago, where he would have access to a water jet cutter, and they're, like, in, like, abandoned, like, industrial buildings, and so... Garza, Carter, and Simone are taking one while Brendan and Mark take the other. Well, that's a good separation of people. Goodness. Yeah. Gracious. Yeah. Um, And Laura and Roman are, you know, still talking. He's basically wanting some, like, crude pep talk before killing Theo. And it's just weird. And so she tells Roman that, like, he kills because he wants to and they can't rationalize that. So he apologizes for bringing her into the mess. He goes over to put his gloves on and he tells her that she knows too much now and he's going to strangle her and he tells her what her body will do. He's like, you know, naturally, like, you'll want to fight it, but you, like, you can't. That's just in your DNA. It's a whole thing. I'm like, oh, dude, God. you're just like stalling at this point, oh, but God. also like, don't strangle her. And so... You know, like, he's just like, you know, let the strangulation continue on. And she then gets free from the wrist restraints and ends up punching him. And, like, the baddie that she is. And then she, like, he reaches for the gun and starts shooting. She's running, though. And they're, like, in another room in the warehouse. And she's trying to get out and, like, but she can't. She starts kicking at the door, leading him to shoot some more because, obviously, he hears that, like, faint noise. She ends up finding a landline to, like, go and make a call, but the phone doesn't work. So it's, like, everything bad that could happen went wrong. So she's smart. She's distracting him, like, throwing him off her trail. And then, 
like I totally missed this last night, but it looks like she has like a nail gun, like a like industrial nail gun or something, staple gun. And so mm-hmm. she like shoots him in the arm, throwing more punches, kicks him, you know, and then at one point she has a gun held to her face. Oh geez. And he's like, You're not getting out of this. So then her fierce protectors, Brendan and Mark. Yeah. That that name is basically reserved for Tim Bradford, but like, hi, at this point, you know, she needs them. So they get into the warehouse, they find the bag with blood and limbs, and Mark <clears throat> Mark like freaks out. Oh my gosh. He's about to walk up. He's like, man, I gotta do this. Brendan's like, no, like let me take the lead. I've got this. It turns out to be a man's body. Thank God. And Brendan talks to him. Oh, He's shit. Like, so he like, oh, my God. Yeah. I shouldn't yeah. have, oh have soiled that for you. I don't even care. Oh, my God. Because I'm sure it'll yeah. be like, you know, oh, it's emotional. emotional and shit. It's emotional. Oh, yeah. my God. So okay. Brendan's like, dude, we still have time. Like, you got to get your head back in the game. Like, you know, we can do this. We can find her. And... Oh my god, it was just oh, it was so good. It was so good. Um, and so because you saw a little hint of their romance kind of come out there, and it good. was it was so good. Well, so like, just you know, because Mark helped Brendan like get over his aversion to blood yes. and stuff and get refocused. So there you yeah. go. He's repaying the favor. The parallels, the parallels. So just as Laura and Roman are walking somewhere. Roman puts her into a headlock because, you know, he sees Brendan and Mark. And naturally, that's the only logical thing to do, right? Apparently, when you have a tiny person yeah, with a gun pointed at her, it's fine. He ends up giving her up, though. Puts a gun to himself and then shoots himself. Oh, jeez. And Laura geez. witnesses it. She's, oh, like, you know, God. kind of freaked out. Brendan then goes to Roman and while well, Mark checks on Laura. That's kind of that. Um, that entire thing though is so emotional. It was oh a lot. I'll I'll probably just be like, I'll probably like drop my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be able to text you, so drop my phone. Yeah. So after everything, Garza like sends Laura home with Mark. He tells her and he tells the team that like it wouldn't be a bad idea to keep tabs on the rest of the Briggs clan. And Carter's like, for their safety or for the world's? And Garza's just like, well, for both. Um, and so Simone like tells them about Billy and her personality and like how things can come from DNA, or sometimes it doesn't come from DNA, like it just kind of depends. They all kind of give her shit about it, like, you know, Carter brings it up and he's like well i can tell you it is in her dna (laughs) and so then at the end of the episode elena pokes her head into the lab thanks antoinette for letting her work with her and antoinette's like i should be thanking you um but elena's learned so much and like loved it all so elena offers to buy her a drink and talk about studying forensics if she isn't busy with a vampire cop and then because we wanted that for Elena. Yes. Like, and I love how she called Brendan Vampire Cop. So I'm like, oh I love that. Awesome. So then Antoinette like flips the coin and makes a crack about her age. And she's like, are you even old enough to buy a drink? It was so funny. Okay. I love the, these two together. Like I need more of it right now. Mm-hmm um yeah so that's about it that we have for the serial killer part of it that was a lot but yeah it was it was an interesting case 
I mean, for sure. It was a little creepy with all the severed limbs, but mm-hmm. kind of better than that walking hand that they found in the rookie. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Literally, they're like seeing like Lisette's um, behind the scenes post or whatever. And it's just, I'm aware that it's a fake leg, but just mm-hmm. like seeing her and Ben pose with the leg. And I was yeah. like, no, that's weird. I don't like it. Davika had shared some behind the scenes from this Feds episode. And she was just like, it was, it was gross. Like I had to do so many takes with this arm and I was freaked out every time. And I'm like, I would be too. Girl after my own heart. Yes, ma'am. Like they looked very real. They did. I mean, I'm sure part of it might've been, I don't know, but it was just, yeah, it was a lot. But now we have Statless and Laura's house, which was literally the cutest thing I'm I'm so excited about this. So Laura Marker checking out her new house. She's excited that this is her first home. She's bought it with her own money. And we have Laura in like the comfiest outfit ever. I loved it. I loved how she wasn't like so, you know, like, um, I don't know, just like dressed up kind of like kind of, you know. I don't know, like in her work uniform. Um, and but I mean it came at the cost of her being kidnapped and you know, Rude. tortured. So that was fun. But she asks Mark if he's okay with her putting down roots in LA while he when he's still in DC. And he's like, Yeah, I'm fine with it. Like he even tells her that he loves her and then plays it off that he loves her neighborhood. And she's like, No, oh my god, you said those three words, and now you're trying to backtrack. It's literally so cute so oh my god this next part he then asks if they should christen the place and she jumps into his arms which is so cute like i love when the couples do that or whatever and they're talking about all of the places that they could do it at like the kitchen (laughs) counter the floor like oh gee where have we heard that before with dim and juicy from uh the rookie oh my god Uh uh-huh and i'm just like hold the phone we got a Chenford hint and a Statless hint at Sexy Time. We win. Like, we win. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So then Laura, you know, at, like, all the happiness is um, paused. And Laura's called into work, even though she has the off. She's like, guards, I wouldn't text if it wasn't serious. Like, I have to go. And Laura volunteers Mark to help with the move, too, and tell the movers <laughs> where to put things. Because he's the only one that's there. That's fine. Yeah. And so Mark's like, okay. And so he calls Laura while Brunson's like interviewing the liquor store guy. And he's like, I'm using your keen profiling skills and placing your furniture exactly where you would want it. And she's like, that's great. But you have no sense of interior design. And she does. Yeah. Oh God. (laughs) And she points out that the couch should be the focal point because he's like got it against the wall or something. Like it's so funny. That's fair. I have heard that before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Larger pieces of furniture should be the main Mm -hmm. stay in a room. So then Brendan peeps into the FaceTime and he's like, hey Atlas. And Mark's like, hey buddy. I love these two. Stop. Oh my god. I will be screenshotting that whole entire scene. Oh my god. I'm so sad I'm spoiling it for you. I don't even care. This is great. I'm visualizing but it. But I'm giving it's you fantastic. like the notes. Like you still have to watch the episode because. Oh, well, heck I'm yeah, I'm watching the episode. Best, so. Oh, heck yeah. 
So Mark is wondering like when she'll be back thinking she should do this. I mean, I would too. That's her place. And he's like, I should not be decorating this for you by myself. Yeah. And so she's like, it'll be a while. Like, you know, I'm on a cereal and he's, you know, she's like, but you're busy proving your love for me by getting my house squared away. Oh dear God. And she hangs up with Mark and walks by Brendan and he's just like, so glad I'm not dating you. And she responds with the sassy, me too. And I'm just like, <laughs> I love these two. I love that. Like I said, I don't even care that it like kills my chipper heart. It warms yeah. my platonic friendship. I just love anything that Kevin and Britt will ever say and do. Heart. I, I wouldn't even say that it like friend zones them. I would just say it was like some playful banter between them but so then as brendan's leaving for the day he tells laura that he'll see her in about 30 or 40 minutes and asks her what kind of cheese plate she wants and she's like what like what are you talking about and he's like oh atlas invited antoinette and i over for a housewarming party I just didn't like, tell her. He's probably like, God damn it, I put all this furniture out on your house. The least I can do is invite my best bro and his girlfriend over. Yeah. Oh, but it just keeps getting better. So you're like getting ready for Laura to get like all sassy and annoyed with it. But instead she's like, no, that'll be great. It'll be nice having you. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> what is going on? What have you done with Laura? Yeah, like what is that? Oh my God. And she's like, just surprise me with the cheese. Like, it's fine. I'm like, where was her invite to this party? Yeah, they're going to have a full-on charcuterie board. Like, damn, I want to see. So Laura's then, you know, they're over at the house. Laura's glad Brendan and Antoinette came over. And Brendan and Mark are moving the couch for, you know, they just keep, like, moving it back and forth, apparently. (laughs) Like, the umpteenth time. Yeah. And Antoinette's just sitting there and she's like, you know, I can help. But she just kind of seems like awkward with the whole thing because she doesn't really like talk with Laura a whole lot. I yeah, feel like yeah, so. A whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming Laura- she's sitting on a different piece of furniture then. Yeah. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Boys are moving the couch. <laughs> it looks like Laura has like a couch or like a love seat and then like two, you know, like standalone chairs or whatever. So Dang, it, for Brendan saying it was an adorable house, seems like she has a lot of room for stuff. Yeah, I know. I wonder what she lived in before. Yeah. So Laura and Mark are like flirting, they're bantering, and Brendan's just disgusted by it. <laughs> I mean, like that's so typical for a third week. Too. Oh, God, yeah. And Laura talks about how much she loves the living room. And Mark asks, sitting down on the couch, you know, after they've moved it for the umpteenth time. And Mark's just like, he straight like talks to Brendan. Like he looks at them, doesn't even look at the women. And he's just like, do you ever notice how, how people can easily express love for things, but not for other people? <laughs> no, he did not. Oh my yeah, God. Why is he always pulling Brandon into his shit? Like, no wonder he's so disgusted. He's like, get me out of here. Oh, it just it just keeps getting better. So <laughs> the camera pans over to Brendan and Antoinette's faces, like, you know, separately. And they're both feeling awkward about this. Brendan's caught off guard when Mark asks for his opinion. And Brendan's just like, is this another passive aggressive fight? I don't. I don't like it and I it's weird and he just wants no part of it and I'm just like you go Brendan that is weird yeah, that is weird so Mark is glad that Brendan agrees and at this point I'm like 
I don't totally know if he agreed with you, but okay. <laughs> yeah, he'd, he'd gloss over that part. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. And Mark's like, it makes being here all day easier. And he's like, I'm sad that I missed the fun of chasing down a serial killer. And I'm Ooh. just like, be careful what you wish for, dude. Like, Ooh. I don't, yeah, I don't know if you really wanted to be doing that. And Brendan's like, do you think that was fun? We got to get you out more. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that Mark has been fascinated with Tom Briggs and starts talking about his psychopathy. And Laura's like, oh, the weekly nature versus nurture debate. I got to start drinking. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's hilarious. I she mean, it is of- one of the most commonly talked about yeah. psychology debates. Yeah. Yeah. So she finds the bottle of wine pretty easily. She can't find the corkscrew, though. And she's like, she asks Mark, she's like, what box is it in? And he's like, oh, you know, one of the, like, dozen that I've looked in a few hours ago. And she doesn't really, like, look for it. She's just like, yeah, I'll just go out and buy a new one. Like, there's a cute little market down the street or around the corner. And Mark offers to go with her and Laura, you know, is still so chipper. And she's like, no, like you stay. I love a nighttime drive. I love, love the wind in my hair. And so she gets outside. She's about to get in her car when Roman comes up behind her and tastes her. So that's the kidnapping part. But the best part is, I, I know I just keep saying the best part, but like it truly this entire housewarming thing was everything that I've ever needed and did <laughs> not know that I needed it at the same time. Yeah. Brenda and Mark and Antoinette are still talking about Briggs, all while like Laura's getting kidnapped, tased, kidnapped, like everything. They're still talking about Briggs. Brendan's like, you know, the thing that bothers me about Briggs is like he didn't know any of the kids, but somehow the new serial killer knows the exact fertility clinic to burglarize. And Antoinette's like, you just never turn off, do you? And Brendan's just like, <laughs> not when you're around. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> what is going on right now? Oh my God. Oh, so, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like I said, I just love everything about this housewarming party, except for the fact that, like, she got kidnapped, obviously. Mm-hmm. So Mark asks who else would have access to the information. And so, you know, he starts naming off potential suspects and Brendan's like, or the children themselves. And so, you know, all of that's happening while she's getting kidnapped. She ends up coming to realizing that Roman is the killer or whatever. Mark is back over at the house like setting up the xbox brendan's like god i can't believe that laura has an xbox and antoinette's like she's the only sane one here she's sitting there and she's like speaking of her where is she like shouldn't she be back by now and yes, brendan's women's like, intuition Good. yeah and brendan's like yeah didn't she say that the market was like down the street or something and so brendan looks out the window he's like her car is still here and so now everyone's worried i'm like it's about damn time that you're worried like (laughs) i don't know they're all worried about the xbox and what game they're gonna play so they walk out seeing you know the car is still there her phone was dropped underneath the car brendan immediately knows that the killer has her we then cut over to the bureau at the end of the episode statless is back home she is in another comfy cozy outfit love that um and she's still loving the house but like hates the memory of being kidnapped that comes along with it and so she apologizes to mark for not saying the three magic words i love you um and making endless jokes about it 
And he says that it's their thing and, you know, he doesn't care. And she's like, no, you were right. Like I was deflecting. But, you know, while I was tied up, all I could think about was that I didn't want to die without telling uh, you that I loved you. And she says all that to Mark. And, you know, she's like, they're being all cute. They're kissing and everything. And she pulls away and she's like, I still don't like the way that the couch is in the middle of the room. And she's like, yeah, like in the middle of the kissing. I'm like, that's what you're thinking about right at this moment. Oh, my God. So she pulls away from him. She's like, do you want to help me move it? And he's like, now? And the way that she said yes was my absolute favorite. And they get up, they laugh, they move it. That's hilarious. I love it. That's like when she pulled away in the, you know, we can never decide what to call that lecture room thing. Yeah. And then she was like, I still have, you know, like 20 more slides of this PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. Like she can't, she can't turn it off either. No. No. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait for you to watch all the Stella oh scenes. And I mean, honestly, just like Brit killing it. Yeah. At everything. But yeah. I mean, I do, I do like Stella's a lot. So I'm sure I will. It just, oh my God. But then to see, then you have like the Brendan and Mark romancing mm-hmm. too. So it's just like you get like all, all the things. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah so oh it was so good it was so good i love it again even more of a reason why we need season two to see more mark mark atlas and antoinette and these four together because Mm -hmm. it's comedy gold right there yeah so we did have a little part with cuddy um i don't really know where this was going i mean i figured it was going like somewhere a lot more like deeper but then at the end it was not that deep i didn't think at least so simone and carter are walking back from being in the room with all the files you know and so simone sees cutty in the emergency room and she's like whoa hang on and so he tells her that he got a little dizzy and didn't want to worry her but the doctor's like his symptoms could be caused by something fairly benign and they're gonna run tests by just to be sure meaning that he will stay overnight and so and so will she and Cuddy's like, no, don't worry about it. Like, you know, you've got more important things to do. And so he sees Carter and tells her that, like, he'll call her with any changes and that the doctor will keep her updated. So later in the episode, Simone's back to spend the night at the hospital with Cuddy. And she asks him about what he found out about, like, getting dizzy. And she, like, makes some comment about, like, his sex life. And I'm like, this is weird. Like, oh. It kind of crossed the line when I was like, no, no. It didn't kind of, it did, I felt like. And I was like, it's bizarre. No. Yeah. Like when you hear it, yeah, it's just kind of like cringe. Oh, God. Especially because, like, last episode, like, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was weird. Well, he's obviously embarrassed. Um, And she tells him that, like, she talked to the doctor who's still waiting on some of the test results, uh, but ruled out the big scary stuff. And so, Cuddy, I love this man. Like he is, he just he's so like naturally funny. I feel like he tells her about the blood that they took out, and he's like, they took out enough blood for like an a vampire family, like to feed them. <laughs> and he's just like, I could have called you with the test results tomorrow, but Simone's like, no, I need to look into your eyes and find out how long you've been getting dizzy for. And he's like, it's been about a week, like off and on. 
And he still brushes it off, telling her, like, if he was getting freaked out over every aching pain, he'd be living at the doctor's. And he's like, if you haven't noticed, I'm old. So, you know, <laughs> things are going to start happening. I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on? God. Yeah. Oh my God. So a cot then rolls into the room. And I'm like, isn't he just in, like, a double hospital room? Like, why doesn't she just stay in the other hospital? But it was weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know where they're going with, with the storyline, but they only have one other episode to do it. So, mm-hmm. the cop rolls into the room. She tells him that they're having a sleepover, which, again, could have been phrased a lot differently, I feel <laughs> like. <laughs> this is just this is about as random as the Bailey storyline from last episode with her oh, friend. Gosh. Yeah. 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 And so she's like, there's nothing you can do about it, but do you want to play a game of dominoes? And he's like, Oh yeah, that sounds like fun. Oh, Turns cool. out that the end of the episode, he just has a minor ear infection, and that's why he had the dizziness. My thoughts exactly. The face that you're I'm making- like I'm like like, trying to remember that like yes your ears connected to like Mm. your nose and your throat but I don't know about your like your brain I feel like it's leading to something more I mean what like I don't know know. and he's just like I just didn't like being fussed over and he's still hesitant with having others take care of him and someone's like you know enjoy the fruits of your labor like you know you're a good dad like you've lived a while like you know you deserve to be taken care of and so he goes to get up and pretends to be unsteady and like falls back onto the bed which isn't funny oh my gosh no and he's just like i was just checking to make sure that you had my back because she's like that's not funny let's go and i'm just yeah. like what is the storyline well oh god like i said it was about as random as the bailey storyline from last episode so yeah. Huh. Yeah. Because yeah, because yeah, it's like you said, they only have one more episode to do something with that mm-hmm. if they're supposed to do something with that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I could see it like going into season two if we knew that they were getting a season two, but <laughs> at this point, I'm like, it's a throwaway storyline. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. That's about it for the feds, though. It was a wild episode. Yay. I can't wait to watch. I think this is, like, the first time we, I, we've recorded and I haven't actually watched everything yeah. yet. So. I know, and you were so excited for being in episode. So I know. As soon as we get off recording, you have to go and watch it. Yes. I do. Yeah. So... I think that's it for feds, but we do have some listener thoughts. Do you want to take it away with the first one? Yeah, um, so Mindy said it was a great episode of Feds. Uh, she loves Laura and Mark, and the scene with uh, Brendan and Mark when he thought Laura was dead was emotional. Yes. Um, Elena and Antoinette were great together, and Mindy also said, fun fact, Sam, um, I don't know if she, Sam understood? I don't know if it's like, that's his actual last name, or if it's meant to be Underwood. I don't know. Hmm. Um, who played Roman, played twin serial killers on The Following. Oh, that's the show that Sean was on. It was Sam yeah. Underwood. That's okay. the same. Yeah. See, I was like, I figured autocorrect probably did something. Yeah. 
Yeah. Gosh darn autocorrect. Okay, so Sam Underwood, who played Roman, played twin serial killers on the following, who were arch enemies of Sean's character. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've been meaning to like watch that show. Um, and she said the song playing in the first scene you see Roman in was playing in the background during one of Sam's scenes from the following. Oh, cool. Interesting. So, like, I mean, I guess like if this episode is like a darker tone and i know like the following was about you know like essentially like cult leaders and like like the power that people have mm-hmm. over others so i guess yeah kind of, that tracks for sure um edwina said i love the fact that mark blurted out i love you in the first scene and laura spent the day ducking it was hilarious but also so funny um they are cute together but that doesn't stop me from shipping brunson yes that sounds like me <laughs> are you sure that you're gonna write that i may have <laughs> it definitely sounds like me i mean long live brunson that's all i can say <laughs> yeah i don't know i hope that they become a ship but then yet i'm also like you know what i'm a hundred percent fine if they just stay platonic yeah that's what i mean i'm like i'm cool like yeah. they're hilarious they're just yeah so um blessed turtle had said all i have to say for fez is i loved the villain i uh, gave them uh oh dexter morgan uh flashbacks from the tv show dexter which is always a good thing in their book mm-hmm. well yeah because i think yeah. that shows like about a person who's a serial killer I wouldn't know. I I've never watched Dexter. I just remember. I just remember seeing the like the title card, and it's like a blood spattered. Yeah, I remember and, the like, title really card. Crazy. crazy. I think it was like too young to watch Dexter, or it wasn't on the channel that I had or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about it for Fed So yeah. it was a good episode, a good penultimate. They both were though. So mm-hmm. I'm just glad we had thoughts for Fed. Yes. Does that mean that means people watched it and enjoyed mm-hmm. it too? Because so I felt like they both like I mean like yes like the rookie kind of like went above and beyond in their like own caliber of things, yeah. but then like Feds brought a good episode too, so it was like uh-huh. a they both just like did really well this week. Yeah, I think. Oh. Yeah. Um. So with that you guys can find us on twitter at the shop talk pod underscore or email us at shop talk the rookie podcast at gmail.com with all of your thoughts and you can find us individually on twitter as well i'm at carrie hyman and i'm at jstarkade04 and we're also on tiktok at the shop talk podcast underscore and if you like this episode and shop talk please leave us a rating and review it really helps out the podcast and helps other fans find us as well. And wow, I can't believe we're saying this, but we'll be we'll be back next week covering the season finales. Oh it's my so gosh. crazy. I feel yeah. like we were just covering the season finales. Yeah. With Chunford like practicing their kissing. Yeah, and now they're like actually yeah. doing it as a couple. Oh my Good god. That's what we call growth. Uh-huh. <laughs> And this time last year, we did not have the rookie feds. Well, we had the backdoor pilot, but like we didn't have the actual thing. Mm-hmm. So and crazy. We had a full season. Yeah. 
Yeah. Look at how far we've came in a year. Yay. Proud okay. of us. Proud of this little rookie universe. Yeah. So but yeah, yeah, that's we'll it. Be, yeah, we'll be back for season finales. It'll be a fun time. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Go get him, boo.